love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Oh, go ahead. Come on, get desperate in his presence right now. Nothing else will satisfy. Oh, no one else can do for me what Jesus can do. Oh, I need you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I worship your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just right wherever you're standing, just pause. Lift your hands without any music right now. Just focusing in, surrendering your mind and your spirit to the Lord. God, have your way right now in me. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to us this morning. God, you see what we need. You know what we need, oh God. You are great. You have all power. There is nothing beyond you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just begin to pray. Begin to seek after his spirit right now. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Just begin to pray what you feel. Oh, I need you, Lord. I've got to have you, Jesus, today. Make the difference in my life. Today, Lord, oh, do the work. Oh, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Ah, yes, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. This isn't wasted time right now. This isn't wasted time. Mm, I look to you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, you may be seated. You may wonder, why do we say the name Jesus so much? Well, because it's powerful. It's a sweet name. You just feel different when you say the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's just something special when you just let a, Jesus, I need you, Lord. Oh, there's no other name that's going to bring you salvation. There's nobody like my Jesus. So we get excited when we come to the house of the Lord. That's why we talk about Jesus. That's why we sing about Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. It's all about Jesus. (laughs) We used to sing an old song. It's all in him, it's all in him, the fullness of the Godhead, it's all in him, it's all in him, it's all in him, the mighty God is Jesus and it's all in him. What's the verse to that? Uh, what's the verse to that? Anybody know uh, the the. The mighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace is He, the Everlasting Father, the King eternally. Some something. Come on, y'all got it. Sing it. Don't be scared. <laughs> well, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. Sing it. It's all in him, Uh uh-huh, it's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in him. Come on, choir him. (laughs) Welcome, you just joined the Dunellen Sanctuary Mass Choir right there. (laughs) Well, good morning, how are you doing today? Here's the question, are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Are you happy to be with people of like precious faith? Are you happy to be where Jesus is? My word. 
Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's a good day. Brother Trey sneaking in announcements about having babies and all of that. The church is growing. I'm excited about that. I know we had James had a birthday this week. Anybody else? You ha- we got any other birthdays this week? Cody's birthday's coming up, right? Coming up. All right, boy. We got who else? Auntie Dorothy. She's going to be 27 years old. That's right. <laughs> Who's? Nelson's birthday coming up. I think he's going to be 16 years old. Man, I love you guys. I love this church so much. I don't understand people that feel like coming to church is a drudgery or it's work. This is fun. This is the highlight of my week right here. Man, this, it's just, it's a good life. Man, I say that all the time. It's a good life. This is fun. This is fun right here. I want to read uh, from Ruth chapter 1 this morning. I don't doubt that I have a word from the Lord. I know that I've got a word from the Lord this morning. Uh, you might not learn anything this morning, but I feel like there is going to be a burden imparted in the name of Jesus. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. I was, uh, let me tell you, as I was just putting this message together, I was just moved on by the Holy Ghost. I was just speaking in tongues and praying and just moved as I was praying and studying and putting these notes together. And I believe this is going to help someone today that has been in the valley of decision and you've been wrestling with God and struggling within yourself, in the name of Jesus. Ruth chapter 1, we're going to read at verse 6. I'm going to throw a couple other verses in there from Ruth chapter 1, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But this is following the story of Naomi uh, after the death of her husband, Elimelech. I just have to share this with you because it's funny. I use an iPad to put these notes together. And, of course, Elimelech is one of those Bible names. And so here's how, here's how uh, Apple translates Elimelech. Eli Leach. I, I just like that. I just laughed. I didn't even change it. I just liked that one. I'm going <laughs> to Eli Leach. <laughs> so in case you're needing another baby name, there, there you go. Just throwing that out there. Eli Leach. This is after uh, Elimelech has passed away. Naomi's sons have passed away. And she and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, are, they are about to leave Moab. She is heading for Bethlehem. This is verse 6 right here. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. Verse 7, Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. They started walking away from Moab. They have began the movement. They are walking away, walking out of Moab. Verse 8, I'm just going to pick a few words out of a few scriptures. Verse 8, it says, she spoke to her daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. Go back to Moab. Verse 11, and Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Verse 12, turn again, my daughters, go your way. And after all of these times of being discouraged, Orpah goes back to Moab. Orpah returns. She has been discouraged from walking away from Moab. Verse 15, once again, now Ruth is being discouraged 
Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And verse 16, I'm going to read all of it. Verse 16, and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. I've carried a strong burden to share this message with you today. It's not quite as happy and peppy as I might like for a Sunday morning. Uh, But I believe this is something that the Lord has put in my spirit for many of you that are in a valley of decision and and feeling stuck between two places, ready to move, but not not quite sure yet if you should leave from where you have been for some time. But I'm praying, I'm just praying and believing that today the Lord's going to help you take those steps that you need that you would be willing to walk away I don't know what it is that you need to leave. I'm not sure who it is you need to leave. I don't know what it is you need to give up. But that's what I want to preach this morning. Willing to walk away. Willing to walk away. Jesus, Jesus. That's what I just feel here today. Willing to walk away. Willing to leave a job maybe. Willing to leave a way of living a way of thinking, but willing to walk away. Would you mind lifting your hands right now? And let's just surrender to the Lord that God would help us make some hard decisions here. Lord, I pray over this great church, God, over every member and all of our wonderful guests that have joined us here today. God, I pray that you would touch all of us. Come on, go ahead and let your voice out. I surrender. I trust you, Lord. I need you, God, to help me. I need you, Lord, to help us. God, let us be willing to walk away from whatever might be holding us back and keeping us out of your will. God, I pray that you would touch me, touch this church. Let us continue to pursue after your plan and your way. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Willing to walk away. Condoleezza Rice is a woman who has accomplished much throughout the course of her life and her career. She is the first woman and the first African American to hold the high office of provost, which is basically the superintendent or the executive administrator of the illustrious Stanford University. She was also the first woman to be the national security advisor to President George Bush. She was the first African-American woman to hold the high position in our government of Secretary of State. Time Magazine named her one of the world's most influential people, one of the world's most influential people. She is one of the the few bright spots in our American politics. She's accomplished much, not just for herself, but for women and African Americans all around our nation. But her story did not begin with a government job. Condoleezza's course of life was set on music. Her very name, Condoleezza, 
comes from the Italian phrase used in music, con dolce or con dolcezza, which means with sweetness. It's an indication to play lightly and, and slowly, gently. And she studies music ever since she was a small child. She has devoted and committed herself to the piano. She practices for hours every single day, willing to make the sacrifices necessary to succeed. To further her goals, her parents, who were not wealthy, took out a $13,000 loan in 1969 to get her a Steinway Grand Piano. She was devoted to be a master. She was going to be a great pianist that played at Carnegie Hall. She was devoted, spent hours and hours every single day, thousands and thousands of dollars committed to this goal. But she said her life changed when one day she went to play in a competition. She said her, the course of her life changed on that day because she said she watched as 11 and 12 year olds played the piano. She said they were able to play at a moment's notice what took me a year to master. She was good, but she was not that good. She said, I was, I was on my way to have a career in music, but I was not destined for Carnegie Hall. She was then, she was, she was faced with a question on this day. Please hear this. I want you to see this. She was faced with a question on this day. Do I stubbornly push towards my dream of the piano or do I I, I divert myself away from what I have wanted for so long. She could have stubbornly pushed ahead. Her parents could have insisted that she progress with the piano. She had spent tens of thousands of dollars, all kinds of money spent on lessons and competitions. She is now faced with this gut-wrenching life altering question do I push ahead in the direction of my choosing or do I walk away from the piano and pursue the correct path for my life and as they say the rest is history because she walked away and she begins to study Russian she gives her life to politics and policy and as I already stated she's done all kinds of great work for our nation she has been able to bring about peace she has helped make crucial decisions she has helped shape government she's risen to a level where she has helped lead the leaders of nations but it all happened it was all just hinging on her willingness to walk away from a piano. And I just feel in the Holy Ghost that there are people this morning that you are faced with the decision to 
continue to bear along a course of life that you have set for yourself. You have, you have desired something. You have desired someone. You have made up in your mind that as for me and my life, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to pursue. Please allow me for just a moment to just get a little personal with you because I know the Lord is trying to help someone let go and walk away. <laughs> I don't know, as I stated, I don't know if it's a career. I don't know if it's a relationship. I don't know if it's a way of thinking. I don't know if it's how you've lived your life. I don't know if it's how your parents have raised you and perhaps it's something that you hold oh so dear and it's something that you cherish and you love and you would fight over. But the Lord is looking for someone that's willing to walk away. <laughs> Lift your hands for a moment. This isn't deep today, but it's strong. <laughs> you're not going to learn a bunch of Sunday school lessons today, but you're wrestling and the Lord is going to help you walk away. Come on, let your voice out right now, people. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let your voice out. Let your mind out from the front to the back, side to the sides. <laughs> There might just be something or someone standing in the way of God's will for your life. <laughs> it's all I've ever known. You might say, well, I need this job. I can't live without this person. This is how I've always thought my life would go. But please hear me. If there's something that's standing in the way of God's will for your life, you need to turn your back on Moab and be willing to walk away. It's definitely not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be right. And I'm talking to people here this morning that God has been calling and God has been provoking. And some of you have been miserable for weeks now. And it's the Lord trying to get you to walk away. <laughs> Oh, we can argue within ourselves, well, this isn't a sin, and perhaps it's not, and well, this is not bad, and perhaps it's not. But if it stands in the way of God's will, you've got to be willing to walk away. It's hard to say goodbye. Shakespeare talked of the sweet sorrow of saying goodbye. It's not easy to say goodbye to things and people and ways of living that you have grown all so comfortable with. It's hard to say goodbye. But if the Lord is calling you forward, you've got to reach a point where you just say goodbye whole world goodbye and that is what the Lord is trying to get us to do this morning to turn and wave goodbye to some things and walk on ahead <laughs> Jesus Jesus touch us right now Lord God help me to be willing to walk away 
This isn't just for a guest. This isn't just for somebody that might say, well, I'm far away from God. This is for all of us because we will face these crossroads where the Lord is going to put something before you. It's a great possibility, and it's going to be hard to walk away. But if you'll do it, the will of God... The plan of God can be fulfilled in your life, in your family. <laughs> Jesus. You read of Mo- Ruth in our opening passage. She's from Moab and she is a Moabitess. And this is the namesake. Moab is the namesake for one of Lot's sons referenced in Genesis 19.37. And Moab was born out of a drunken, incestuous relationship Moab is oftentimes the enemy of Israel. And according to Deuteronomy 23, verses 3 and 4, Moabites were not welcome. Moabites did not belong in the house of God. And you see now that Ruth marries into a family that is backslidden. They have moved away from Israel. And after the loss of life, Elimelech has passed away. His two sons have passed away. And Naomi hears that there is bread in Bethlehem. She says, I have heard that the Lord has visited his people. And there's something in Ruth and Orpah that says, I want to go where God is visiting. I want to to go where the bread is flowing. I've got to get to this place called Bethlehem and every single one of us here every one of us here needs to recognize that the Lord has something more for us he's got something greater in store for you and you've got to be willing to pack up and move. It might not be a physical move, but it might be an emotional move. It might be a spiritual move, but God has got something in Bethlehem for you, for those that are willing to make a move. Oh, come on, Ruth, there's bread in Bethlehem. Come on, Ruth, the Lord is moving in Bethlehem. Come on, Ruth, the Lord is working in Bethlehem. I say, come on, Souls Harbor, the Lord has something greater in store for you. There's something beyond Moab. There's something beyond your current way of living. There's There's something greater beyond where we're at. There's bread in Bethlehem. The Lord is in Bethlehem. The Lord is moving on up ahead. You've got to strike out from where you are. You've got to be willing to leave Moab so you can enter into Bethlehem. I'm talking to people here right now. You're called. The Lord is burdening you. The Lord is trying to lead you. And he's trying to get you from Moab. Jesus, Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. The Bible says they all start on their way. Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth, they leave Moab. But as they are starting to walk away, suddenly Naomi turns and starts discouraging. And let me just tell you, there will be naysayers in your life. There will be naysayers in your own family, let me tell you. There will be people that they won't understand the call of God. 
There will be people, they don't understand the will of God. They don't understand wanting to give their everything to Jesus Christ. They will try to discourage you from moving out of Moab. There good people, people that you love, co-workers, people that you've grown up with, but suddenly the Lord starts stirring your spirit and saying, you've got to move, and as you discuss it, other people say, no, you need to stay put. You ought to see, you've always lived like this. Your family's always been like that, but the will of God, the call of God is saying, move on out. Walk away. <laughs> I'm telling you, there will be people that mock you, that question your willingness to walk away. I am in the Holy Ghost right now. I am telling you right now, this is exactly what some of you have been wrestling about, that you've been praying about under your breath, that you've been counseling in your own mind about. This is a word from the Lord for you today. They won't understand your desire to let go of a lifestyle that so many others embrace. And eventually Orpah is talked out of walking away. Okay, I'll go back to Moab. I'll go back to my old family. I'll go back to how they live. I'll go back to false gods. (laughs) And so here comes Ruth. And we read it in our opening passage. I can't imagine how hard of a decision this was. Ruth, you've grown up here. Ruth, you love these people. Ruth, this is what you've always done. Ruth, this is what's comfortable. Ruth, this is the life for you. But there was something inside of this young girl that she said, I want what those Israelites have I want that kind of God. I want that kind of lifestyle. I am sick of sacrificing babies to false gods. They all called it normal, but it was wicked. It was common to the Moabites, but it was wicked. And there will be people in this world trying to convince you that living in sin is normal. But you need to see it for what it is, Ruth. It's wicked. And you stayed there long enough. Daddy might have done it. Grandma might have lived like that. But it's time for me to get out of here. God. It's time for you to make a move. It's time for you to make a move. It's time for you to move on. Oh, let's pray for a moment. Just pray for a minute. Let your voice out. Seek after the will of God. Oh, let the scales fall off your eyes right now. I don't care if it's your aunt. I don't care if it's a cousin. It doesn't matter if it's your boss. If they're trying to talk you out of the will of God, they've got to go. You don't stop loving them, but you don't have to live the same way as them either. Ruth, it's going to be hard. Ruth, can you make it? (laughs) Ruth, what are you going to do? This is your homeland. Ruth, these are your parents. Ruth, that's your brother and that's your sister. 
you've always come here. You've always lived like this. But Ruth had some kind of calling from God. There was some kind of destiny burning deep within her spirit. Nobody else in Moab understood it. But Ruth had something pulling her like a magnet. I've got to get to the will of God. I've got to get out of here. Jesus. Come on, somebody. Jesus is calling you today. You need to feel that pull. It's the Lord pulling on your spirit. Oh, come on. I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. Goodbye, old life. Goodbye. Goodbye, old friends. Goodbye. Goodbye, old job. Goodbye. I don't wish you any bad will. I don't wish you any kind of pain or heartache, but I can't live like this anymore. I can't be stuck here anymore. I've got to make a move, and I've got to get to where God is calling me. It's going to be hard, Ruth. Not everyone will understand, Ruth. Not everyone, not everything's going to be easy, Ruth. I know it's hard to say goodbye. I know it's hard to let go. But if God is beckoning you forward, you need to just turn around and wave goodbye. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm going all the way with Jesus. <laughs> Ruth finally just makes up in her mind. <laughs> Listen, you've tried to convince me to go back to Moab enough times. You've tried to get me back to that old way of living enough times. They've tried to pull me back too many times. And some of you know exactly what that's like. As soon as you begin to make a step of faith and you make a commitment to holiness and you make a commitment to pleasing God, it's like Moab is pulling on your jacket saying, hey, wait, did you think about this? And hey, wait, did you consider this? And hey, what about them? But Ruth finally said, I ain't going back. I'm only moving forward. She was willing to walk away. She said, wherever you go, I go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Where you live, I'll live. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. You got to reach a point where you say, goodbye, old world. Goodbye. But where the Lord leads, that's where I'm going. Some of you this morning need to make a declaration. I'm letting go of the world. I'm letting go of the past. I'm only going forward from here. Oh, let your voice out. Let your cry out. Let your prayer out right now. Doesn't matter if you're a first time guest or you're in ministry. The Lord will continue to beckon forward. Come on, you gotta make a move. Come on, you gotta keep moving. That's what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, let's go. And it reached the point where Ruth, it says, Naomi saw she was steadfastly minded to go with her and she left speaking unto her. Let me tell you what will happen. If you'll just make a declaration and a commitment to walking away from the world and pursuing the things of God when you finally commit those voices are going to go away they're going to fade away and you'll be able to move forward finally Ruth said where God leads I go <laughs> she boldly this was not easy how incredibly hard 
She walks into Bethlehem, a stranger in a new land. She's poor. She's hungry. She's not sure what the future holds. But she was willing to walk away. <laughs> and the Bible introduces this character named Boaz. Bible scholars compare the relationship of Boaz and Ruth to that of the church and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Boaz is the kinsman redeemer and he's a great example of Jesus Christ and us. How Jesus redeems us from our sins and Ruth and Boaz have this incredible relationship and the story is beautiful if you want to go home and read it but it all hinges on her willingness to walk away what I'm about to share with you could have just as easily been Orpah if she would have walked away from Moab the good things that were in store for Ruth could have just as easily been Orpah's if she was willing to walk away. But the strings to Moab were pulling her backwards and relationships and lifestyles were pulling her backwards until finally she says, okay, I'll go back. But Ruth says, no, I'm cutting the strings. I'm cutting the relationships. I'm cutting the ties and I'm going to do whatever it takes to enter in to where God is calling me. <laughs> Look at what Boaz says to her. <laughs> Ruth chapter 2 verse 11, Boaz answers and says to her, It hath fully been showed me. It hath fully been shown me. <laughs> it's been revealed to me. Let me tell you, God knows what we're doing. <sighs> Jesus Christ knows what we're doing. He knows what we're doing. He knows what's in our hearts and our minds. You might be able to say all the right words to kind of just suffice and, and make everybody seem okay, but God knows what's going on in the heart of the matter. And he says, it has been fully showed to me all that thou hast done. Look at this. How thou, this is Ruth 2.11. How thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. He says, my mind is boggled because it has come to my attention what you have done, the sacrifice you have made, the incredible decision and commitment that you have undertaken. And he says, look at verse 12, because of your willingness to walk away, he says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord under whose wings thou art come to trust. He said, Ruth, the Lord rewards you for your willingness to walk away. He said, the Lord is going to reward you for your willingness to trust in Him. Because you are willing to walk away, you are about to be rewarded like never before. The Holy Ghost is dealing with people right now. And I'm telling you, if you would be willing to walk away, there is going to be a great reward for your effort. Come on, there's a promise beckoning forward. There's a call that's going out. Come on, Ruth, walk away. I know you've lived in Moab your whole life, but it's time to get out of here. 
Oh, because you are willing to trust in the Lord, Ruth, God is going to bless you. Because you are willing to trust in Him and walk away, God's about to use you. And because of her willingness to walk away, this little Moabite girl that was not welcome in Israel, that was not wanted among those people, because of her commitment, she gets in the lineage of King David. She slips right into the lineage of King David and Jesus Christ himself. Nobody understands it, Ruth. Nobody can can relate with you, Ruth. She didn't know everything that God had planned. And you're not going to know every portion of God's plan for your life. But it reaches a point when you just got to commit and start walking boldly toward the things of God. It's time to walk. It's time to move. It's time to commit. It's time to pursue the ways and plans of God. My mind goes to to the story of Brother Trace's mom. When you go back and look way back at their beginning... There was an evangelist named Charlie Wycliffe. This was an evangelist way back in the Varnum's beginning days. and This man, this man had sacrificed so much. Whenever he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and whenever he gave his life to the Lord, he came home and his father was irate. And it became decision time. Are you going to please your daddy or are you going to follow your heavenly daddy? And that, that wicked man grabbed a frying pan and beat Charlie Wycliffe. Sister Varnum said he had beat the back of Charlie's head and all down his back. Proceeded to drag Charlie's body out, threw his belongings out the front door, and left Charlie not knowing what kind of shape he was in. Charlie had all kinds of issues because of that beating that he took that day. They said that he could not talk completely right anymore. I'm not making fun of him. I want you to hear. This is, he talked like this. And he was broken because he was willing to walk away. But the call of God was so great on Charlie. He was being pulled towards the will of God. And the Lord started using Charlie even though he couldn't speak right and he couldn't even read right because of the beating that he took because of his willingness to walk away. And Sister Varnum said Charlie Wycliffe showed up at their house one day. Just showed up and came inside the house. He was a man of God. He was called of God. Brother Varnum, to my knowledge, hadn't heard of him yet. And Charlie is sitting there on their couch. Here's Charlie. Can't can't enunciate. Can't speak too well. And he says, Brother Barnum, the Lord has sent me to preach you a revival. Thank God they were sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Because I'm afraid a lot of us would be like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But they heard, Sister Varnum had heard how God had used Charlie. And Charlie gets up to preach a revival. I don't know if we'd be too welcoming of him. I don't know if he spit shined up too good. He couldn't even read his own text. 
But he was somebody that was willing to walk away at any cost. The Varnums told the story that Charlie stood up to the pulpit and he said, Brother, 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 brother Barnum, read that story about the man who built his house on the sand and the one on the rock. And Brother Varnum read the parable of the man building his house on the rock. And they said Charlie would just begin to preach the same thing over and over and over again. Sin religion won't do. You gotta build your house on the rock. Sin religion won't do. You gotta build your house on the rock. Sin religion won't do. You gotta build your house on the rock. He just said it over and over and over and over again. And where his eloquence failed, the anointing could reach. Because Trace's mama, to this point, she had not received the Holy Ghost and she had not made a spiritual move. But when this broken man who had been willing to walk away at any cost began to stand up and preach and operate in his calling, they said that his mama and her sister under the unction of the Holy Ghost just began to make their way to the altar and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the rest is history. We have a Reverend Trace Dawson because... There was a Charlie Mahaney. You go back to that church and I'll beat you. You go back to that church and you're not a part of this family. I'm sorry you feel that way, Daddy. But I've got to walk away from this life because God is calling me to something greater. I'm talking to people. You're dealing with the same thing right now. The call of God has come for you. The hand of the Lord is reaching for you. Your anointing is waiting on you. Stand to your feet with me. Feel the Holy Ghost so strong. What Bishop Varnum's preaching couldn't do. What the singing couldn't do. A broken man that was anointed because of his willingness to walk away. Sin religion won't do. You got to build your house. There was nothing eloquent about it. There was nothing beautiful about it. But there was a that anointing that had been released when he was willing to walk away. <laughs> you search the scriptures beginning to end, cover to cover, testament to testament, and you're going to find people that had to be willing to walk away. Abraham had to be willing to leave his father. Elisha had to be willing to leave his farm. Esther had to be willing to leave her culture. Peter and Andrew had to be willing to leave some fishing nets. There has to be a willingness to walk away. And I'm talking to people here this morning. The call of God is beckoning you forward. I can't drag you to an altar enough times. I can't pray it on you for you. I can't do it for you. You've got to reach it for yourself where you say, goodbye, old world. Goodbye. 
It might not be sin. It might be something that you call good, but none of it matters. If it's keeping you out of the will of God, you've got to go. And that's what I'm telling you this morning. It's time to go, Souls Harbor. It's time to move, Souls Harbor. It's time to get out of Moab, Souls Harbor. Come on, let's pray. Whether it's coming to an altar, whether it's turning around in your seat, you need to take a step of faith. Take a step of faith right now. Begin to reach. Leave Moab. Come on, you know the Lord's dealing with you. You know the Lord's talking to you right now. Oh, go ahead. Come on, get out of Moab today. Get out of Moab right now. Come on, Ruth. The future is waiting. The call of God is waiting. The will of God is waiting. Nobody could understand what Ruth did, but her willingness to walk away got her into the family tree of Jesus Christ. She becomes the great-grandmother of King David. How could this happen? Because she was willing to walk away. I know it's going to cost you a lot. I know it's not going to be easy, but if you walk away, God's going to bless you. If you walk away, God going to reward you. If you walk away, God is going to make a way. Come on, that's it. <laughs> Crying out to the Lord. Reaching out to the Lord. <laughs> that's it. Go ahead. Everyone praying right now. Everyone reaching right now. Oh, the call of God is going to cost you everything. The call of God is going to cost you everything. It ain't going to be easy, but it's going to be right. Oh, oh, come on, husband and wife, where you at? You've been bickering over holiness. You've been bickering over something. It's time to just walk away from the world. You got to just reach a point where you say goodbye to Moab. Come on, Ruth. Jesus is calling. I'm talking to some New Testament Ruths right now. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. She was redeemed by Boaz. She was blessed and rewarded by Boaz because she walked away. You'll be blessed. Come on. The Lord will show you how. The Lord will show you where. Take that step of faith right now. Oh, from the front to the back, wherever you're at. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Come on, go ahead. I know the Lord's moving on you right now. Come on, young person. Come on, young ladies. Come on, young men. You got to walk away. There's some people you just can't be friends with. There's some things you can't entertain. You got to walk away. This ain't just for the young people. Come on, Grandma. Come on, Grandpa. Where are you at? You've been content where you're at? It's time to move. The Lord is beckoning you forward. Your ministry is waiting for you. Don't stay satisfied. Well, I've always lived like this. Well, our marriage has always been like this. Well, we've always spent money like this. Well, I've always worked in a field like this, I know. But sometimes the Lord says, you've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to say goodbye to some things that you might hold so dear. But if you'll do it, the Lord's going to bless you. The Lord's going to lead you. The Lord, He's going to use you. Come on, there's a strong anointing here right now. <laughs> this is the type of ground where callings are received. This is the type of ground right here, this type of atmosphere where somebody gets called into the ministry. 
Oh, tell them, I'll give you all, Jesus. I'll give you everything, Jesus. I'm not holding anything back, Jesus. Oh, come on, talent's not going to cut it. Uh, Ability won't cut it. I'm talking to people in the Holy Ghost right now that you are so miserable. You have just been so stirred in your spirit. You're frustrated. How come things aren't happening? You need to walk away. You need to let go of some world. You need to let go of something that's holding you back. Come on, take that hard step and get out of there, Ruth. God just transformed me. <laughs> so anytime before that, I, I could sing, and I did sing, and I even did the leading and did all of my signals and everything, but I was not anointed. And like he said, talent, honestly, I think I sang better back then, <laughs> but talent wasn't doing it. I wasn't watching people be changed. I wasn't watching the atmosphere change. It was just me up singing in a microphone. And I was, I would watch people lead and actually watch the spirit move. And I, like he said, Ruth feeling that magnet. That's how I felt. I would think that's, I know that that's what God has for me. I know it, but I didn't know how to get to that place. I just didn't know what to do. And I say, I don't know, I didn't know what to do, but God was quietly revealing to me what I needed to do. And I'm just to be honest with you, none of us are perfect or whatever, but I had an issue with listening to secular music. And I, when I was not living for God at all, just to be, it was filth that I listened to. So I had reasoned with myself at this point, well, I'm not listening to stuff that bad, but it was still not Christian music that uplifted God. And that's what I was listening to. And in these services, and you, you, you've experienced it. I know you have, because we all do. When pastor says, there's something you might need to give up. There's something you might need to turn away from. And it hits you. You know exactly what you need to do. And it's different for every single one of us. But God would tell me, give up music. And it seems so silly. Like, just don't listen to it anymore. What's the big deal? But I love music and I loved the music I was listening to. And I remember like, like I wanted that. I wanted to be powerful. I didn't just want to be talented. I wanted to be anointed. I wanted to be powerful. And I remember the service that I said to God. And honestly, it seems so immature, but I was like, almost grieving, giving up the secular music. I didn't want to give up. But when I did, about two weeks later, I sang a song. You guys have heard it. It's called Eddie James by Freedom. Not by, it's Freedom by Eddie James. But when I sang that song, I had an experience. It was almost out of body experience. I had a microphone and I was singing, but it felt like electricity went through my body. And I can tell you that was the first time I sang. I didn't care what anybody thought about me. I didn't care how good I sang. That was the first time that I led worship that the atmosphere changed. That's all it took. I don't know what it is. It's going to be different for every person. But what God is speaking to you right now, I don't know what it is. Something is being whispered into your ear right now. Something is being talked to your heart right now. 
you might need to give this up. You might need to give up this friend. You might need to give up this thing. But right now, I'm, I'm gonna ask one more time for us to pray that you would be willing to walk away. I promise you, like he said, you will not get nothing for what you do. You will get something from God. It might not be money. It might not be a relationship, but it will be power. It will be blessing. It will be an anointing. So why don't you right now just, just ask God, God, show me what it is. God, show me what it is. God, help me, Lord, to give it up. I know it seems important to me, Jesus. I know it seems important, but I give it to you, God. Lord, help me, Jesus. I, I'd ask that you'd open your mind, whatever it might be. God, I pray that you'll move, Jesus. God, I pray that you will move, Jesus. God, I know there's ministries in this place. I know there's ministries in this place. God, help us to walk away. God, I know it's difficult, Lord. God, help us to walk away, Jesus. God, move in us, Jesus. Move in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Genesis chapter 24, I didn't get all, all of this, but in verse 58, this follows the story of Rebecca and her engagement with Isaac. And there's this powerful statement because Abraham sends his servant to find a bride for Isaac. So just a little Bible lesson for you. It's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name is later changed to Israel. So Isaac is the father of Israel. Israel is the, what becomes the name of the nation. So the woman that marries Isaac is going to be the mother of Israel. Okay? Just want you to see this for a second. And Rebecca is introduced. She follows the plan of God and she helps and serves and everything's lining up. And the servant, he says, I've got to get back to Abraham and Isaac. He says, it's time to, it's time to go. And they're trying to convince him, well, let's stay a little bit longer. And, and he said, listen, if she's going, it's time to go. If this is going to be the mother of Israel, we're going now. And they said, she's of age. She can answer for herself. And in verse 58, they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? Came all down to one question. Rebekah, it's going to be the hardest decision of your life. You can stay here with us if you'd like, but will you go with this man? I imagine that was a hard one to swallow. She simply said, I will go. There had to be a tearful goodbye that day of goodbye, Mama. Goodbye, Daddy. This is where I've grown up. This is what I've known. This is what I've loved. I'm going to miss you all so much. But God is calling me forward. And that's the question here today. Will you go with this man, Christ Jesus? It won't be easy. It's going to cost you everything. Will you go? It's, it's not going to be easy. I can guarantee you it's going to be hard. And not everyone can do it. The rich young ruler couldn't do it in the New Testament. And Peter said, well, Lord, we walked away. What do we do? What do we get? I already said it a moment ago. He said, Peter... You walked away. You 
drop those nets. Yeah, you're going to spend eternity in glory. And you are going to be blessed a hundred times over. You will be rewarded if you'll go with this man. As she just plays softly for another moment or two, I just feel like this is the time, this is the place, this is, this is the moment for some of you that's been stuck where you've been for over a year. Yes. I'm just asking you, why don't you say those words if you're willing to do it? Why don't you say, I'll go right now? Maybe lift your hands and just say, I'll, I'll go. I'll give you all, Jesus. <laughs> you won't know everything to do. Rebecca didn't know everything. Ruth didn't know it all. There was no way to know everything. They just know the Lord's calling me forward. That's it. Come on. <laughs> Lord, if it's a job. Lord, if it's, if it's something that I've been doing, a way I've been living. Jesus' name. I'll give you all, Jesus. I give you everything, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Maybe this isn't for everyone, but this is worth the time for one. Yes, yes. I'll stay here all day if it's one person entering the ministry. I'll stay here all day if it's somebody answering a call right now. This will change our church if you'll just say yes. I'll go. I'll go. I don't understand it all. It's not easy, but I'll go. I'll do it, Lord. Yes.